How are you guys doing? Everyone doing all right? Give me a thumbs up if you're doing all right. And you can be honest. If you're not doing so hot, you can do sideways or down. All right, cool. We are so glad that you are here with us this morning. And uh, if I could have um, uh, maybe someone in that back, if you can close the, the, the yeah, those, you, you rock. Thank you so much. I'm so, I, I'm so like, you know, squirrel. Like if I, seeing everyone back there is driving me crazy. Um, hey, we are going to do something today. Someone asked me the other day, they're like, what series are we in? And I'm like, yeah, we're not in a series right now. We're just kind of taking it week by week. When we get into September, we'll be uh, kicking off one. But I've just been asking the Lord, you know, like, what, what do we need to hear? What, just a fresh word for, for this weekend. I was uh, reading, uh, I have a daily reading plan. I, I read uh, an Old Testament reading, a New Testament reading, and a Psalms. And um, about a week ago, I was reading in Psalm 92. And that's going to be the passage that we're going to be looking at this morning, even though it's going to take me a long time to get there, so I'm just going to warn you right now, we will end up in Psalm 92, which if you're not used to finding things in your Bible, this is an easy one because you just kind of open to the middle, and usually you'll find yourself in Psalms, or maybe you'll find yourself in like Isaiah, if you're in Isaiah, just go a little bit to the left, and, uh, or Proverbs, or you know, one of those weird books. Um, but we're going to be in Psalm 92, and I was, I was reading this, and uh, the Lord just brought me to the last part of, of showing me five declarations. And so in a, in a few minutes, we're going to get to that. We're going to get to these life-changing declarations that, that I, I mean, I just think they're so powerful for me personally. And I think they're so powerful for us as a community. Um, but before we get there to these declarations, I want to talk about the premise that is behind the declarations. Because if, if we just give the declarations, then we can all hoop and holler and, oh, yeah, these are good and this is great. But there's a premise that underlies this. The premise is, is that there, there's a, a common understanding. And the common understanding is that we are in Christ. Like these declarations don't work if you're not in Christ. And so every several years, I like to give an illustration that, that helped me a long time ago, and to this day when I pray, like I'll, I'll actually visualize what I'm gonna show you, is, is it goes like this, that, and, and this comes from Romans chapters uh, five, six, seven, eight, that the Bible says clearly um, that God created us to be in him. I mean, you look at the first two chapters of the Bible, and God created us to know God perfectly. To, I mean, to, to the point where Adam and Eve were like walking with God. They're like speaking with God. They're like hearing his voice. There, there was complete intimacy with God, complete knowledge of God. I mean, can you imagine how incredible that would be? Now, alongside complete intimacy with God came the accompanying complete intimacy with one another, that there was no lies, there was no shame, there was no insecurity, there was no fears. Like they knew each other without having to wonder what the other person was thinking about. I mean, can you imagine that kind of relationship? A complete, perfect relationship with God, a complete, perfect relationship with one another. And then Genesis chapter 3 happens. And in Genesis chapter 3, Adam and Eve, the original man and woman, believe the lie, the deception of the enemy that God doesn't really love them, that God is holding out on them, that, that God knows things that they don't know, and, and that, that if they will just disobey God's one command, that they will be like him, and, and Adam and Eve make the choice to disobey God. And the Bible says in Romans chapter 5 that something happened when they disobeyed God and it affects all of us. This isn't just an ancient history lesson. This isn't just a fairy tale from a long time ago. That their actions are impacting us today. That when, when Adam sinned, that all of humanity now, instead of being in God in perfect relationship with him, 
Now we are in, and, and Paul uses this phrase, that we are now in Adam. We're no longer in God. Let's see if I can do this without spilling. We're now in Adam. This grieves God's heart. Because this is what God intends. He intends for us to know him clearly. He intends for us to know him perfectly. So how in the world do we go from being in Adam to, to be restored, to be back in him, in God? And this is where Romans chapter 5 is so instructive. And I'm just going to read a couple verses because I want to get us to Psalm 92 in a moment. But Romans chapter 5 verse 12 says, When Adam sinned, sin entered the world. Adam's sin brought death, so death spread to everyone for everyone's sin. See the far-reaching consequences of Adam's sin is that we are now all in Adam. We're in this place. In Adam is a place of death. It's a place of sin. It's a place of condemnation. It's a place of captivity. But there's good news. If you skip to verse 17 in Romans 5, we'll put this up on the screen. It says, for the sin of this one man, Adam, caused death to rule over many, but even greater, and I love that phrase, but even greater is God's wonderful grace and his gift of righteousness for all who receive it, and if you're following along your notes, just underline that statement, for all who receive it will live in triumph over sin and death through this one man, Jesus Christ. See, see, what happens is because of Jesus, because of Jesus' death and resurrection, because Jesus became the substitute, Jesus took the punishment that we deserve upon him when he died on the cross. This is why Jesus is the exclusive way to God. When you hear other people try to say, well, I, I do believe that Jesus, you know, I do believe in his death, I do believe in his resurrection, but, but I believe Jesus is one of many different ways to approach God. And I would say, no, 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 if there are many different ways to approach God, why did Jesus need to die on the cross? Right? So it is exclusive that you can only go through Jesus. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. No man can come to the Father except through him. It, it's exclusive, but yet, get this, it's so inclusive that it's whosoever Rich, poor, doesn't matter your ethnicity, doesn't matter how educated you are, uneducated you are, doesn't matter what you look like, doesn't matter, doesn't matter any of those things. Christianity says, whosoever, the door is wide open. Anybody, regardless of your past, regardless of what you did last night, regardless of what somebody did to you two years ago, doesn't matter, whosoever. And so we have a way that we don't have to stay in Adam. We don't have to stay in sin, in death, in condemnation, in captivity. We can now be in Christ. This is little Cohen right here. This is Cohen. Cohen, Cohen can now be in Christ. This is, uh, this is Walt over there. Hey, Walt. You're now in Christ, right? Like, like we, we can now be in Christ. And here's the great thing about this is we are no longer in sin. We are now in grace. We are no longer in death. We are now in life. We are no longer in condemnation. We are now in righteousness. We are no longer in captivity. We are now in freedom. Isn't this incredible? Okay, here's the tension. I'm now in Christ but I still have memories of being an Adam, right? I'm, I'm in Christ, but I still have inclinations from when I was an Adam. I still, I still have appetites from when I was an Adam. 
And so the tension is, okay, positionally, I'm in Christ. I'm in his grace. I'm in his life. I'm in his righteousness. I'm in his freedom. I'm in all these things. But I still have, there's still these hooks that the enemy tries to use. And they're just lies because it's not the truth anymore. The truth is that I'm in Christ. But there's these hooks where he tries to, he tries to drag me back. And that's why what we're going to look at in a few moments in Psalm 92 is going to be so powerful and so instructive. But it doesn't work if you're not in Christ. So before we get to Psalm 92, the question is, are you in Christ? Has there been a change of address? Okay, I'm no longer in Adam, I'm now in Christ. And, and you, only you can answer that question. This isn't about, what is your grandmother in Christ? Are you in Christ? We go, Ken, I, I don't know, how, how, do I, how do I make the leap? How do I get from being in Adam to being in Christ? You just, you humble yourself and say, God, I've sinned against you. I can't do it on my own. I'm not just a mistaker, I'm a sinner. And I'm broken and I'm helpless and I, only you can rescue me, only you can save me. Jesus, based on your death and resurrection, I ask you, would you forgive me of my sins? Would you be the master and leader of my life? Empower me now to live for you. And now, I'm, oh, that's a, that's a bad face. We'll, we'll find it. Whoo, surprised. I'm now in Christ, Right? Okay, so, so let's get to Psalm 92 because I think these declarations are so important and, and this is for everybody in the room, whether you're in middle school or whether you're the oldest person in this room. Everybody in this room can get in on this. So Psalm 92, are you, is everybody there now? I've given you a long time to get there. Psalm 92, and we don't know who wrote it. So I'm just gonna refer to him or her as a psalmist and uh, this is one of those, there's some of the psalms that we don't get in the title who wrote it, but it is interesting that we do know that this was a psalm out of all the 150 psalms, this psalm was specifically written for the approach to Sabbath. And so we could get into that, but, but then we wouldn't have time for all the other stuff. So what I want to do is the, the declarations we're going to look at are in the last part of Psalm 92, but I want to read the whole thing just so you have the context, okay? So we're going to start in verse 1, and it starts out this way, it is good... Everybody say, it is good. Come on, say, it is good. It is good to give thanks to the Lord, to sing praises to the Most High. Here we go, say it again. It is good. Oh, I didn't give you good instructions. I'm going to say it, and then you're going to say it, right? It is good. Oh, you're so good. It is good to proclaim your unfailing love in the morning, your faithfulness in the evening, accompanied by a ten-stringed instrument, a harp, and the melody of a lyre. This is why we have the musicians up here on Sunday morning, because it is good to vocalize our praise to God, to declare his greatness, to declare his faithfulness, to declare his goodness. It is good. I looked up this word good just in case you don't know what that means when we say it is good. Good means pleasant. It means desirable, it means beautiful, and it even means enjoyable. Like there's something that happens inside of us when we use our voice, when we, whether, it's, whether it's speaking, whether it's singing, when we use our voice to declare the greatness of God, there's something good for us that happens when we declare that. And here's the thing, sometimes we don't feel like declaring that, Right? Sometimes we don't feel like it. A couple, uh, about a month ago now, uh, a pastor that, that, I, that I will often watch, Pastor Bill Johnson um, from Bethel Church, uh, uh, who's pastored for years, decades, his wife died about a month ago. His wife, Benny, after a long struggle with cancer, and Carrie and I were, were watching the service. Uh, pastor Bill came and preached. They have like three services, um, and he came and preached at one of them three days after her death. 
And it's an incredible sermon because it's like without notes. Here's this guy who's been preaching, you know, for, for years, knows the Bible inside and out. And he starts, he just starts talking about his grief and how that relates to his relationship with God. And he said something that is just like, I mean, it's just tugged at me so many times since he said, he said, God revealed to him that there's only gonna be there's only gonna be several seasons in his life where praise is gonna be a sacrifice. He said, you know, when I get to heaven for all of eternity, praise is just going to be a natural response, and there's going to be no tears, and there's going to be no pain, and it's just, going to, it's just going to be a natural response to the greatness of God. But here on this earth, just this small, short moment that we are here on this earth, there are moments, there are seasons where I don't feel like praising God. I get a diagnosis or, or something's going on with one of my kids or one of my grandkids and they're making knuckleheaded decisions or, or whatever it is. Or for, for Bill Johnson a month ago, the death of his wife of almost 50 years, like, like man, you don't, you don't feel like in that moment praising God. And he says, he says, today I am making a sacrifice of praise to God because he's still worthy. He's still faithful. He's still good. Can I just tell you, maybe you walk in church and you go, I'm just not feeling it today. Can I just, just praise him anyway? Because it is good. It is good. That's not the declaration. Okay, some of you are wondering, is that the declaration? Nope, we're not, okay, we're, I promise we're going to get there. Verse 4, we're going to continue on into chapter 92. He says, you thrill me, Lord, with all you have, what's the word there? With all you have done for me. I sing for joy because of what you have, what's the word? Yeah, keep going. Oh, Lord, what great, what? Works you do and how deep are your thoughts. Listen, what, what David is, or not David, the psalmist, maybe it's David. What the psalmist is talking about is he's saying, I'm just going to remember what God has done. When there's a fog in front of me and things are confusing and I can't figure out which way is up and which way is down, I'm just going to choose to remember what has God done? What has God done? Can I just ask you this morning, what has God done for you? What has he done for you? In fact, I'm, we're just going to try this out. In a sentence, okay, this is in a paragraph, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to, with three or four of you, we didn't script this out, I have no idea how this will go, but with three or four of you just out loud declare what God has done for you in just a sentence. Who has something? Just raise your hand and I'll call on you. Right here. He's given you health. That's a gift. Who else? Right here. He's watched over you when you were too stupid to do it yourself. Amen. Back there. He broke your addiction. Was that Alma? He's given me joy. We, we could spend an hour doing this, couldn't we? L listen, there's something about reminding ourselves of what God has done that lifts us. It is good. It is good. Let's keep going. Verse 6, only a simpleton, or the Kendi Chan version would be only an idiot would not know, and only a fool would not understand this, and then there's a colon because he's going to describe what they would be stupid to not understand. Verse 7, though the wicked sprout like weeds and evildoers flourish, they will be destroyed forever, but you, O Lord, will be exalted forever. Your enemies, Lord, will surely perish. All evildoers will be scattered. I, can I tell you, I love the honesty of the psalmist here. Do you see what he's saying? He's saying evil people do flourish. Can I just tell you, evil people do succeed. We, 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 uh, we, we look at our, where you work, you look in your family, sometimes you look and you go, wow, God's blessing that person, God, that person's getting ahead, that doesn't, they got a promotion, they're driving that, that, like that doesn't make any sense. After they've hurt so many other people, 
But, but here's what the psalmist tells us, and this is a reminder, it's only for a moment. Yeah, it seems like they're ahead. Yeah, it seems like they're succeeding, but it's, it's only for a, for a moment. In light of eternity, they will not be remembered, is what the psalmist says. And so what you can know is that God is sovereign. God is sovereign. We can stand upon that promise in spite of what we sometimes see and experience. Listen, God knows what he is doing. I promise you, he knows what he's doing. I, I know that I get, I, I get tempted to say, God, can I, just, can I just give you some counsel for a few minutes? Like, God, I just, and God's going, well, you can talk all you want, but I know what I'm doing. And in spite how it sometimes feels, I'll just say it, in spite of how it often feels, God's timing is perfect. His timing is perfect. Okay, so now we're getting to verse 10. Yeah, we covered, we covered verses 1 through 9. And now we get into the declarations, okay? And I'm going to give you a declaration, and then we're going to read the psalm, and then we'll get to the next declaration, and we're going to go through these. You guys ready for this? Listen, okay, I, I, this is if I'm in Christ, these declarations only work if I'm in Christ. Here's the other thing. These declarations, it's about speaking these things out loud because it shifts my thinking, and my thinking is what affects my behavior, my actions, and my reactions. There's something powerful about declarations. I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to be prosperity gospel up here. I'm not trying to be. I'm just saying there's something about our words. Our words are life, and when we speak words that are truth, words that are from Scripture, it affects us and it changes us. Paul said in Romans 12, verse 2, do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be what? Transformed. Well, how? How do I be transformed? By the, by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. So what we're talking about, these declarations, is not a magic formula. It's not clicking your heels together three times and poof, you know, the magic happens. The, this is from the word of God, truth from the word of God. I'm in Christ. As I speak these things, I begin to live these things. You all with me? Okay, let's get into it. Number one, I am anointed and empowered. I am anointed and empowered. Would you say that with me? I am anointed and empowered. Okay, about 75% of you, let's get 100%. Let's say it again. I am anointed and empowered. Listen, most of the time, even though I am in Christ, I don't feel bold and courageous. I don't, I don't feel that way. But can I tell you, here's a truth from the word of God. Follower of Jesus, if you are in Christ, you are anointed. In, fa in fact, Christian, what does Christian mean? Christian literally means little anointed one. Little Christ. Christ means anointed one. Little Christ. So, so I am in Christ. I am anointed and I am empowered, whether I feel like it or not. You say, where is that in the Bible? Look at verse 10. We're still in Psalm 92, verse 10. But you have made me as strong as a wild ox. You've anointed me with the finest oil. The Passion Translation puts it this way. Your anointing has made me strong and mighty. You've empowered my life for triumph by pouring fresh oil over me. Some of, some of you are going, what is the deal with the oil? The oil in Scripture is always a representation of the Holy Spirit. And we've said this so many times a journey, but maybe you've missed it. If you are a follower of Christ, you've received the grace of God, you have received the Holy Spirit of God. And that should blow us away every time we hear it because the Holy Spirit is just as much as God as God the Father and God the Son. So I have the Holy Spirit, God himself, residing inside of me. I have his power and I have his anointing. So listen, if I am in Christ, 
I am anointed and empowered. You, you, you just need to start speaking that. You just need to start speaking that. Take this yellow card that you got when you came in and just, throughout the day, just say these things. Say these things out loud. I am anointed and empowered. Here we go, number two. I am protected and defended. I am protected and defended. Maybe, maybe you feel vulnerable right now. Maybe there's stuff going on at work and, and you don't know, maybe are, 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 is the doors going to stay open in this place? Am I going to keep getting a paycheck? Like, and you, I, I feel vulnerable. Maybe you feel oppressed. There's somebody in your life that's been doing things and you just, I want you to know that in Christ, I am and you are protected and defended. Psalm 92 verse 11 says, my eyes have seen the downfall of my enemies. My ears have heard the defeat of my wicked opponents. Now, listen, you, you, I, don't, I hope you don't have someone literally following you around harassing you. But we do have an enemy who has come to steal, kill, and destroy. And his primary mode of operation is through lying, through deceit, through twisting the character and maligning the actuality of God himself. He will lie, he will lie, he will lie. And so I need to know, listen, I have a protector and a defender because I am in Christ. And I am protected and I'm defended. I love that. I love that. As you remain in Christ, you can count on his protection and defense. So let's just review. I am anointed and empowered. I am protected and defended. Number three, I am flourishing and growing. I am. I I am. I'm flourishing and I'm growing. You say, well, I don't feel that way. I feel like I'm just going through the motions. I feel like I'm kind of dead inside. I, I feel shallow. Listen, that doesn't have to be the reality because you're no longer in Adam. You're in Christ. And Christ wants you to flourish and he wants you to grow. Look at Psalm 92 verse 12. But the godly, that's you and me by the way, and so here's the lie of the enemy. The lie of the enemy is, well, that's not me. Are you in Christ? You're godly. You have the righteousness of Christ. You're not wearing your old righteousness. Your own righteousness is like filthy rags. They're disgusting. You have to wear plastic gloves to pick those things up. God already took care of that. You are now wearing the righteousness of Christ. And so you are godly. You are godly. He says, but the godly, that's you and me, will flourish like palm trees and grow strong like the cedars of Lebanon, for they are transplanted to the Lord's own house. They flourish in the courts of our God. There's this interesting phrase that comes up a lot in Scripture, the, the, the cedars of Lebanon, or Leban, Lebanese cedars, right? Like, I mean, even to this day, the national flag of Lebanon has a cedar tree on it. Do you know that? Like the, so what is up with these cedar trees? I was, I was doing like a little dive into researching the cedars of Lebanon. This is what... This is what Research says they produce aromatic, durable wood that was sought after for all of antiquity for construction. Like if you wanted to construct something that was going to last, you would go to Lebanon, you would find their cedars. Cedar wood was known for its resistance to decay and to bugs. So when David was building his palaces, where did he go to get the wood? He had it shipped in from Lebanon, these cedars. When, when Solomon built the temple of the Lord... What did he use? Cedars from Lebanon. Here's what I want you to get. God wants you to grow, and he wants you to mature. He wants you to be durable, 
aromatic, resistant to decay and attack. He wants you to flourish. At some point we have to, instead of, you know, well, this is who I am, this is who I'll always be, I'll never, I'll always, you know, all that. Just, no, 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 I'm no longer in Adam. I'm in Christ, I am flourishing and growing. I'm reading the word of God, I'm putting, this is all active. Okay, this doesn't mean I just get to sit on the couch and these things, no, this is active. I am, because I'm in Christ, I'm reading his word. I'm memorizing his word. I'm, I'm putting good influences around me. I'm not watching the crap that I watched when I was in Adam. Now I'm, I'm watching stuff that's sustaining me and causing me to flip. Like, I'm in Christ. I'm not, I'm not who I used to be. Number four, I am fruitful and prospering. I am fruitful and prospering. Would you say that with me? I am fruitful and prospering. Maybe you're in the room and you're going, well, Ken, you know, I, I was, but I'm getting older now. And so, you know, as I get older, you know, that fruitfulness, that, that, that doesn't happen anymore. I wonder, what, is the, what is the psalmist, I keep wanting to say David, what does the psalmist say? In verse 14, even in old age, somebody can go ahead and just claim that right now. Even in old age, they will still produce fruit. They will remain vital and green. The Amplified Bible puts it this way, growing in grace, they will still thrive and bear fruit and prosper in old age. They will flourish and be vital and fresh, meaning they will be rich in trust and love and contentment. See, this is part, what are you telling yourself about yourself? What's your self-talk like? What if now that we are no longer in Adam but we are in Christ, what if we just decided to start declaring, I am fruitful and I'm prospering? Now listen, Prospering, I, some of you have come from churches and you hear prospering and you think of I'm going to be driving a brand new car and I'm going to be wearing the bling bling. And I'm, that, that, that's not what, when scripture talks about prospering, prospering is not for myself, it is for others. I'm blessed to be a blessing. I don't need to have a poverty mindset, but it's not about walking around like, look at how God has blessed me. No, I'll see how God has blessed you by how you bless others. I'm fruitful and I'm prospering. You know, the greatest fruit that God wants to produce in you, Paul talks about in Galatians chapter 5, is love, joy, peace, <laughs> patience. Or if you really want to get your, your panties in a wad, the old King James Version, long-suffering. That doesn't sound like a fruit. We'll give Pastor Aaron that fruit. All right? It's a fruit. Patience, long-suffering is a fruit. Kindness, goodness, faithfulness in a world where no one keeps their commitments. That we are a people who are faithful, gentleness, self-control. I don't have to do everything that my mind tells me that I need. I don't have to obey the cravings and the appetites of my flesh, right? Like, listen, here... here if you're in Christ, you can count on that the Holy Spirit is producing this fruit in you. And if he's not, and I'm not trying to judge anybody's salvation or anything, but from time to time we might just need to ask the question, am I in Christ? Or have I somehow gone back to being in Adam, gone back to being in slavery like the Israelites? If I'm in Christ, 
God is, the Holy Spirit is producing fruit in me. I am fruitful and I am prospering. You guys all still with me? Here's the fifth declaration. Number five, I am for God's praise and glory. So many, so many followers of Jesus walking around, what's my purpose? Pastor Ken, I need to meet with you. I need to figure out what my purpose is. Can I just tell you, here is your purpose, the praise and glory of God. I'm just going to live every day for the praise and glory of God. How can I exalt Jesus today with my life? How can I bless him? It's not about me. It's not about my name. I'm not building a platform for myself. It's not about my recognition. No, 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 no. I am for the praise and glory of God. I'm for his praise and glory. Look, at this is the last verse of Psalm 92. They will declare. Who will declare? The godly. Those who are in Christ. They will declare the Lord is just. The Lord is righteous. He is my rock. There is no evil in him. I don't live for myself. I live for the declaration of who God is and what God has done. And if people, if people know me, they're going to know about Jesus. And it's not because I'm just going around being weird. It's just that, that Jesus is first and center of my life. So it's just, he's just naturally going to come up in my conversations. Carrie, I can tell you, if you talk to me for very long, you're going to hear me talk about Carrie. Because we've been married 22 years, and I love her. And she's my life, right? And so if, if we're in conversation, you, you cannot know me for three years and never hear me talk about my wife. If you are in Christ, you are for the praise and glory of God. And people better, they should. Not, it's not even an obligation. It's not like I have to. Oh, i got to remember to bring Carrie up in a conversation Oh, man, what were, I had to memorize those things. What were those things that are memorized about Carrie? I, I don't have to do that stuff because she, she's my life. And so she just comes up. And if you know Carrie, she, comes, I mean, she, can, she can be looking at her car or rattling something, and she makes it entertaining. <laughs> she, just, she just makes it. But listen, Jesus is even greater. He's even greater. So he... He just comes, I am for his praise and his glory because I'm in Christ. Okay, so did everybody get one of these yellow cards when you came in? Did you get one of these? If you didn't, when you leave, I think they're on the back table, so we'll make sure. But uh, if you didn't get one, you probably came in late. I'm not judging, but you probably came this. No, we love you. We, love, we want you here no matter what. Whether, whether you're super early, whether you're late, we want you here. Would you stand to your feet? So I, so I read these, I, read these, I said about, uh, about a week ago, I'm reading through Psalm 92, and I get to these, and I, 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 always, I try to, I, I was about to say I always, and I don't always, I try to have a notebook next to me when I'm reading God's word, and, and I'm reading through Psalm 92, and I, and I get to verse 9, I'm just like, whew, that's powerful. So I, I write down, I'm anointed and empowered, and I get to the next verse, and I'm like, whew, that one's powerful too, I, I'm protected and defended, and then I'm like, Wow, these, these are great. And so I'm, start, I'm just walking around, like declaring these things, like a weirdo that I am. And I started, I just felt like the Holy Spirit said, can you imagine a whole church full of people walking around in life, just making these declarations? I'm no longer in Adam, I'm in Christ. I'm no longer in sin. I mean, I, I do sin, but that, it doesn't define me. It doesn't control me. I'm no longer in sin, I'm in grace. I'm no longer in death, I'm in life. I'm no longer in condemnation, I'm in righteousness. I'm no longer in captivity, I'm in freedom. And, and because of that, I want us to say these together. 
I am anointed and empowered. Number two, I am protected and defended. Number three, I am flourishing and growing. Number four, I am fruitful and prospering. Number five, I am for God's praise and glory. I'm telling you, you start to say these things, even though you feel like you're like, well, like maybe one of the five is true today. <laughs> you just start declaring these, and then they become almost prayers, don't they? I mean, for me, as I've been declaring these, I'm like, not feeling that one, not feeling that one. God, today, I'm in Christ, and this is what you've said about me. So, God, would you do this? <laughs> would you give me? Would you produce the fruit? Because I don't feel like I'm very fruitful today. God, would you produce your fruit in me? Would you make me willing, surrendered for you to do these things in me? It it becomes self-fulfilling, right? Our thoughts are that way. Our thoughts are self-fulfilling. I tell myself enough times that I'm a loser and I will start acting like a loser. I tell myself enough times that I'm anointed and empowered and watch out. People might start getting saved around me. I'm anointed and I'm empowered protected and I'm defended I'm flourishing I'm growing I'm fruitful and I'm prospering and for God's praise and for his glory so as you're standing I want I want you just to take a moment to first of all we would I would be remiss if if we dismissed you and we have plenty of time for this we're early I want to ask you the question are you in Christ are you in Christ Maybe you say, Ken, I'm not. I'm still an Adam. Can I tell you all it takes? You, you don't have to jump through any hoops of a church. You don't have to go through church membership. You don't, you don't ever have to come to Journey Church again. But what you do need to do is humble yourself and say, God, I've sinned against you. And because of Jesus' death and resurrection, I know that you have the power to save me and rescue me. Forgive me and be the master and leader of my life. So I'm going to ask you all over this room to close your eyes and bow your heads. And it's the greatest thing that could happen today. Greater than the clouds parting and the sun coming out and it ratcheting up to 90 degrees for a great pool party. Greater than any, the greatest thing that could happen today, the greatest thing that could happen in your life is for you to have a change of address from being in Adam to being in Christ. And I I don't want to embarrass you, that's not what this is all about, but I promise you this room is full of people who are even right now praying under their breath and praying that that God would do something in your life today. If that's you and you say, Ken, I want to be in Christ, I'm not in Christ, I want to be in Christ, would you pray for me, Ken? If that's you, with everyone's eyes closed and heads bowed, would you just raise your hand? Yeah, I see you. I see you. I see you. Anybody else that would say that's me? Yeah, I see you. Anybody else? I saw at least four of you that raised your hands. And here's an even greater thing than me seeing you. Your Heavenly Father sees you. And He loves you so much. He loves you so much. Like, He's rejoicing. He's like, yes. Listen, it's not complicated. Religion makes this complicated. It's not complicated. Just right where you're standing. I'm going to give you a prayer to pray, but it's not this formula. It's not saying these words exactly right. It's meaning these things in your heart. I'm going to ask all over this room, would you, would you pray with me? Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for Jesus. I believe he died 
and rose again so that my sins can be forgiven. So I receive your grace. Forgive me. I've sinned against you. Lead my life. Empower me to follow you. May I live for your praise and your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. That's awesome. That's awesome. Hey, a couple things. We're going to dismiss you in just a moment. So a couple things. If you raise your hand in a few moments, we, in fact, even right now we have prayer partners that are coming and they're available at the end of the service to pray with you and for you. If you raise your hand, as everybody else is leaving in just a moment, I want to welcome you just to come. And just, when you come up, you, maybe you don't even know what to say. Just say, hey, I raised my hand. And they'll take it from there. And they will be excited to pray with you. And so if we can have another prayer partner over on this. Oh, you rock. Thank you, Georgia. She's just taking her sweet old time. We love you. We love you. All right. Uh, they would love to pray with you. Maybe you came in and your heart has been heavy because of some bad news you received this week. Or maybe there's just things going, maybe relationship issues. We are here to pray for you. And if we need more prayer partners, people will come. If there's a line forming, we'll make sure that you get prayed for, all right? Because that's second thing. Pastor Aaron talked about the connection cards at the beginning of the service, before the sermon. Um, if you are making a decision to follow Christ, right on your connection card, there's a place that you can check that you're following Christ. And if you check that, we have some helps that we want to, we just want to come alongside you and just cheer you on and coach you in following Christ. And so if you fill out that card and give us a phone number or an email address, we would love to partner with you as you're leaving. We have some good looking people in the back with white buckets and you can stick those connection cards uh, in those white buckets. In fact, we're going to ask everybody to, to uh, turn in one of those connection cards this morning. And, uh, and then finally, want to let you know that um, uh, Pastor Aaron mentioned the shoe giveaway. If, if you haven't figured out how to sign up online, we have some folks at a table out in the lobby, and they will sign you up this morning for that shoe giveaway. It's one of the greatest things we do all year as a church. Is we're, we, This year we're thinking we're going to provide about 400 pairs of shoes to students who are going back to school. I'll tell you, it's so humbling. I'm at the doors when these kids come in, and, and, and to see their faces when they walk in, and then to see their faces when they leave, and they remember it. They might not come back to this church for years, but in their 20s, they'll be driving by going, that church gave me a pair of shoes. Listen, it's not about the church. We're doing it in the name of Jesus. And so instead of having a bad attitude toward church, they go, well, not every church. That church gave me a pair of shoes. Maybe there's something to Jesus. It's, it's, it's crazy how a pair of shoes can affect someone's eternity. So thank you. Thank you. I just want to say thank you. And I want to say thank you for how you give. We don't have to beg and plead for shoes because if we don't have enough shoes, we just buy more shoes from the general fund because you guys are so faithful in giving to the Lord your tithes and offerings. And so uh, you can give online. You can give with the giving boxes out in the lobby as well. Listen, may the Lord bless you. May you know that you are anointed and empowered. May you know that you are protected and defended. May you know that you are flourishing and you are growing, that you are fruitful and you are prospering and you are for God's praise and glory. God bless you. Have a great week. We'll see you guys later.